Evening. Y'all excited to hear what I got to tell you tonight? Me too. Some of y'all had jobs working for other people and stuff. You ever get sick days? You ever called in sick when you was kind of feeling a little bit bad, but you wasn't feeling that bad? I wish I'd call in sick today. I ain't joking with you. We wait on the Lord for a word from him. We might be waiting a long time. We might be waiting a long time. Mike read that about the Lord said, If if thou, Lord, says mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Who's saying that? Christ is saying that. He's speaking to his father. He said, if you'd mark iniquities, ain't one of them going to make it. <laughs> he says, but <clears throat> there's forgiveness with thee. I'm with you always. He's with his father always, isn't he? They're one. They're together. He's the one that forgives. That thou mayest be feared. That you may be honored. He glorified the Father. And with the Father will glorify the Son. I was thinking it's so hard for me to wait. There's things I want to do right now. Whether it's we think it's good, right? I want to go tell somebody I love them right now. Or I want to tell somebody what they're doing is wrong right now. Get the, Rip the Band-Aid off, right? And that has its season. Everything has its season. Martha... And Mary, I spent a lot of time thinking about Mary today. Mary and Martha, their brother, fell sick, and they sent word to the Lord. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Could he have went? Could he have healed Lazarus? He could have. Did he? No, he didn't. Why? He's wiser than I am. He's holy. He does what's right. And I don't Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Well, we kind of see afterwards, don't we? So we've been spending these months laboring on these things. We see afterwards why. We see afterwards why we don't see deer. Just like him apostles, here he comes. He told us he told us not to tell nobody, and now he's he's riding on a, an ass going into town, and I don't know what he's doing. Have you ever felt that way with somebody you love, with a brother or a sister? They said this one time, and they said this the other time, and I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you reckon God's ruling their heart? Maybe Now we look back, and this all makes sense. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfectly clear, isn't it? Perfectly clear. Here in John 12, verse 20. We'd looked at before the context of this. Everyone in this chapter was there for personal benefit, Right? Well, we're showing up to church, and they had good clothes on. They're throwing out palm leaves. Oh, Hosanna. Here we go. There goes them Romans. They're going to get out of our hair. Let us get back doing what we want to do for personal gain and benefit. And these Greeks showed up, these proselytes that come. It's like, well, let's, now let's stop. This guy might be taking over. Let's get in before he takes office. That way, in case he's the new king, we, can, we won't have to stand in outer courts no more. We won't have to be Gentile dogs no more. We can move on up to the big house. That's what we can do. And then the Lord preached, didn't he? But I want, you, I want you to see one word here in John 12, verse 20. And there were certain Greeks. How many, how many Greeks were they? Nobody knows. Them old dead fellows can guess till the cows come home, and they don't know. That's a bunch of them. Philip probably tells us. <laughs> he ain't here. But inside of how many that was, if it was ten, two or 2,000, God had some sheep in that. They didn't know they were sheep, and they was there for personal benefit. I'm heck with these notes. 
Have you ever come to church for the wrong reasons? Before before the Lord saved you, you got to get right with God, keep Mommy and Daddy happy. Uh, 13th Street had the best missionaries on the face of the earth. It was all the high school girls. <laughs> they had more boys coming to that church than any place else. To, to appease your neighbor or you ever done that? Have you ever done that after the Lord saved you? Oh, I got to be faithful now because I've been bad. We're wretched, ain't we? But God. There were certain Greeks. How, how are they going to be saved? Well, Christ has to go to the cross. Yeah, we know that. We'll get to that here in a minute. How, how are you saved? How am I saved? Hearing. They're going to have to hear the gospel preached. They're going to have to be given new hearts to hear that gospel. So what happened while the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the truth takes place. I've said that a whole lot, and I'm going to keep saying it until it soaks in. Preaching the truth is necessary, not just any preaching. Certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came, therefore, to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him. Some people say that that was his neighbor. We don't know. He was the redneck. He was the common fisherman. And they said, we're going to sneak in through the, the idiot. We can trick this fellow. <laughs> Saying, sir, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. Or they're about to. The only way you can see the Lord Jesus Christ is by the grace of God. You can whittle out images. You can paint him on a wall. You can memorize all kinds of words. And it ain't going to do you a lick of good unless God Almighty's gracious to you. That's the only way you're going to see him. That's the only way you're going to see him. Verse 22, Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. Why was that? He was, it was a dangerous time, wasn't it? Everybody's out to kill them. Chief priest is trying to kill them. Probably got wanted posters up, isn't it? They didn't want to kill Lazarus. Just think of just good common sense. That's a man raised from the dead. Wouldn't you go ask him, like, what was that like? Dude, what happened? <laughs> Tell me about that. I'm, you do the talking. I'm going to do the listening. Tell me all about it. Kill him. He's going to put us out of business. It was a dangerous time, and they finally went from all this hiding to this public thing. There's going to have some good coming. Philip said, we don't want these Gentiles messing this up, man. <laughs> We're going to be on, on top of the world, ain't they? They thought Christ come to, was there to establish an earthly kingdom, just like in David's day. And that wasn't it. The apostles wanted this to go on, didn't they? And they didn't understand that it was only by his death that Christ was going to establish that spiritual kingdom. That spiritual kingdom. This world don't matter. It's vanity. Vanity. <laughs> it's going to go away. It's going to burn. Every bit of it. They, they had a flesh too. They held on to it too. And again, verse 22, and again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. Now we're getting somewhere. Oh, Bill Keithley said, man, it laid block for my dad for 35 years. He said, now you're getting smart. <laughs> now they're getting somewhere. That's the best thing to do. Go straight to the Lord. Andrew was a good brother. Philip said, I got a problem. And he said, go to the Lord. I'm going to go with you. I was talking to a brother this week, and I said, 
he said, he's going to pray for me. I said, thank you. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to go together. <laughs> we might be 25 miles away, but we're going together. Take your burden to the Lord. Well, now you know what happened to me, and we're kicking rocks. <laughs> Take it to the Lord. Let's go. I'll go with you. I'll pray too. Isn't that a good way? If there's an argument or dispute or anything, okay, let's sit down. Let's pray to Almighty God right now. Let's go to his throne of grace. Father, forgive us. Forgive me for what I am. You've been merciful to me. You've loved me. Glorify your name. Now you want to still fist fight? I hope that. If that don't take a steam out of you, you ain't got a new life in you. You're dead in your sins. You'll die and go to hell that way. If that don't stir up your pure minds, buddy. They went to tell the Lord, no matter the difficulty we face, the best thing we can do is go to Christ our Savior. Go to his throne. Do you want to hear what he answered? This got me too. I, I laugh sometimes. I read the scriptures and I'm so sober and, and serious. And there's times I read the scriptures and I weep. Oh, I cry. And there's times I read the scripture, I laugh. Now, it's just funny sometimes. The Lord just, it's absolutely magnificent. I, just, I can't do nothing but laugh out of joy. I'm going I'm to preach to you the best sermon I could ever preach to you. You ready? I mean, absolute. What? Now, that was a good message. Now, that was a good message. Have <laughs> you ever heard that? Now, that was, oh, what about all them other ones? They look no good? Yeah. People's got feelings, and they get hurt sometimes, don't they? We got, we're just little bitty kids is what we are. I'm going to preach to you the best message I could ever preach. You, I just I'm have your socks blowed off of you. It says in verse 23, And Jesus answered them. What did they ask? This is Philip and Andrew. Them Greeks may have been there with them. Do you have a question? I want, eyes on me. I want to look everybody in the eye. I preach to human beings. I'm in the people business. I want to look you in the eye. Do you have a question? If you could ask God a question, do you have a question? Okay, whatever that is, here's the answer. This is serious. This is eternal life and death. You ready? If you got a question, you ask God, here's the answer. He's about to preach. You hear his sermon? Verse 23, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, truly, truly, of a truth, doubly, God's saying this. Pay attention. I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth, his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him Will my father honor? I told Kimberly, she got home from work today. I said, I think I'm just going to get up and read that and sit down. Isn't that magnificent? That's, people said, did you preach the whole counsel of God? Just did. He did. That's everything. That's, we could spend eons and not grasp what he just said. Don't that warm your heart? Do you understand what you just read? You need a man to tell you what that means. That's magic. His magic. I, I, seriously, I, talk, I called my pastor today, and I said, I know the, the scriptures are perfect. 
I know that. Boy, it's just more perfect today. <laughs> it's just sweeter, Bob. That's just, I mean, it's amazing. I'm amazed at the Scripture, at the Word of God. I'm amazed at our Lord. I, but, boy, I'm just really amazed today. It's fabulous. Verse 27. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. He's talking about that hour again. That's what he started off saying. Father, glorify thy name. That's his prayer. Then came there a voice out of heaven saying, I both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Another said an angel spoke to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me but for your sakes. This for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. <laughs> You're going to watch it play out. Ain't no ifs. He's speaking in our language so we can understand, isn't it? When? If this happens, you'll know. When, when, this, when this does happen, you'll know. I'm going to draw all men to me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The Lord's that seed. And by him is going to be the only fruit that there ever going to be. Everything else is thorns and thistles. That's all it is. It's death. It's meant to be cut down and burnt. Everything. Everything. But what comes from him is fruit. It's life, isn't it? Let's look at these statements he made. Here's what our Lord preached. His death. <laughs> His glory. Jesus answered them. What they ask? Well, we want to see we want to know him. Maybe they really did. What must I do to be saved? Save, Lord. Save. Maybe just one word, right? A verb. Save. Is that your question? He said, the hour is come, verse 23. The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. God Almighty declares to him, he preaches to him right there, it was by his death that he's glorified. Well, whenever you make him king of your heart, or you put him on your bumper sticker, you get your windmill fish, or he is the, an alligator greater than eating the eye. I was just, oh, man, it gives me goosebumps. And, I, and I, I hurt for those people. That ain't what he's talking about. Is it? How's he going to be glorified? By his death. Throughout the scriptures, that hour was professed, wasn't it? That's what the, it's, there's, there's a day coming. That's what we just read. Psalm 130. Wait for that day. He's waiting for this day. whole time he's waiting for this hour. Oh, I thought this, John said, hour's not yet come. Hour's not yet come. Mary came to his mom said, hey, they're out of wine. <laughs> he said, what's wrong with you, woman? My hour's not yet come. And then she, what, oh, that's wise too. What did Mary, Lord's mother say? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. <laughs> She's wise. That hour, all the Old Testament pointed to, what he kept speaking of, he said it's coming. The hour's come that the Son of Man should be glorified. God the Father glorified our substitute because the Son willingly, he willingly laid down his life for the sheep. This wasn't a legal transaction. I don't like when people say that they might be saying it in error but it's not a legal transaction he willingly not in a stoic manner out of love he wanted to 
He willingly laid down his life. He willingly became a, a, that last Adam, <laughs> that second Adam. He, he took on flesh. He willingly, in that flesh, he bore the sin. He bore the guilt. He bore the shame and the wrath of God because of that. That's, we quote that, don't we? Now let me put, let's put that in shoe leather. Thank you, your worst enemy. Uh, Hitler, Pol Pot, pick one. Uh, the president before this one. You think of whoever you don't like the most in this world. Now if God saves them, you're casting stones at him. That's what he bore. And that's us gnashing our teeth on him. Does that make you want to be kind to your neighbor? That make you want to be kind to the, the, the people that God's put over you in control and of what he sent and the, and the police officers and, and whoever, and little kids. <laughs> Does that make you want to be kind to little kids? If they're his and he ain't saved him yet and then he turns them on through the preaching of the gospel one day, what you're mad at is what he bore and you're gnashing your teeth on him. Oh, I come over me today and I didn't want to raise my head up. What a wretch I am. Oh, buddy. He had to willingly settle all that judgment that I've earned and that all his children's earned. And the Father honored him. He glorified him, didn't he? Because he glorified. And, and think of that, the whole time. How, would you just have to set that weight down for a second and shake it off and whine and moan and complain just a little bit? Would you? Could you make it all the way? He went all the way to death. Living for his people, carrying their sin, carrying that burden, dealing with it, putting it away, satisfying everything, willingly the whole way. He went the whole way, didn't he? Hmm. On that cross, that's where the holiness of the Father, the holiness of the Godhead was just manifest. Why? He cannot have sin in his sight because he was made me. God the Father saw that on his son and he killed him. He, he put, put, turned on all the wrath he had for him. And at the same time, <laughs> that's one side of the sword, isn't it? Well, there's two edges on it. Mercy. I'm supposed to be up there. I, I deserve an eternity to do that, don't you? He bore it for me. God turned his back on God for somebody that was at war with him. That spitefully used him. Used, that's what the Greeks was doing. They're there to use him. To use him. Throw John 17. John 17, verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may also glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou, thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. What did he say back in our text there in John 12, 23? And Jesus answered them. Here's your answer to your question. 
That that hour's come. That hour. It's come that the Son of Man should be glorified. If you see his his holiness, and we ain't, and we see his mercy, that's what we need. And it's all in him on that cross. He's glorified in you, isn't he? Would you have would you take any of the credit? <laughs> oh, he gets all the glory. Verse 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Our Lord's given an illustration here. He's preaching, and he says, Now a corn of wheat's got to go on the ground and die. If it don't go in there and, and die and germinate, it's going to just be a seed. It ain't going to do nothing. But if it goes down there and dies, it's going to bring forth much fruit. There's going to be a whole lot of corn coming out of the ground. I, I walk around looking for illustrations sometimes. Or I'll see something like, oh, now that's a good illustration. But that's the gospel. That's, I'm going to tell you a story at the end. It's beautiful. That's the gospel. Did our Lord go up to a, a kernel? And, uh, think about this next time you get you a uh, thing of sweet corn. Okay? Did he go up to a corn plant and say, you know what? Now that's like me. I'm going to go. No. He made corn from eternity past, purposed it, so he could have an illustration to give us. That makes sweet corn a little sweeter, don't it? That's something. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and on earth, visible, everything we see, and invisible. Whether they be thrones, that's the first thing he mentions. Dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by him. He made everything and for him. They're going to take you gas stoves. <laughs> Y'all matter and wet hens when we ate, it ate Sunday or Wednesday. I would be too. It's all for him. And he's before all things, and by him all things consist. Everything. That's the fruit he brings by his death. That illustration's so simple, isn't it? If you plant corn, do you get beans? No. If you plant corn, you don't get bananas. If you plant corn, you don't get mangoes, don't you? You know, you're going to get corn come out. If it dies, there's going to be more just like it. You get that? Remember when we went through Genesis two years ago? We started. It made all the whales, all the creatures of the sea, and they started reproducing, and they started making each creation, each creature after its kind. Spit an image, the spirit and the image. Looks just like it. Acts just like it, don't it? Christ is the seed. God spoke to Abraham, didn't he? He said, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He made a covenant with Abraham. Some translations say uh, uh, offspring or generations or children or something like that. Don't have you one of them. Get you one that says seed. Well, how do we know that? Because Paul told us in Galatians 3, he said, now Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. He saith not seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. <laughs> That's him. He's going to go on the ground and make a bunch of us. We're going to be just like him. You see that? In Christ the seed, there's much fruit. That's what's in there. It's, all the stuff that's going to be on them ears is inside of that seed. Isn't it? The whole DNA, the whole everything. It's, in, it's already in there. It's in there. Levi was in Abraham. Corn's in corn, Right? It's in there, and it's just 
You want to come out? You just, we just got to wait. All we got to do is wait. Do you make corn grow? No, God does. We just water it. We're real good at putting a whole bunch of fertilizer on. I can tell you that right now. We'll fertilize it till the whole place smells up. He makes it to grow. He does it. We just got to wait on him. God put all his elect in Christ before the world began. We was in him. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 1. Of God are ye in Christ Jesus. We was in before the world began. God elected the people. He put them in Christ before time. Christ came to this earth, took on our nature, lived a life we couldn't live, died a death we earned, went into the ground. Here we come. Christ is the seed. He did all this in a human body, putting away our sin, shedding that perfect blood. The value of it is unimaginable. We'll never be able to count it high. Ain't, ain't, ain't numbers. Ain't nothing you could put to it. The most valuable thing on earth, the blood of the Lamb. And, and he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Willingly. He came to do the Father's will. And he says in Hebrews 10, 10, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once. <laughs> Made holy, set apart. Well, that's mine. <laughs> and it's perfect. My good and faithful servant. That happened because we were in Christ and he did it one time, didn't he? And it says, For by the one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Ephesians 1 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He's just gracious to us. And he told us about that. He told us. Every one of us. Born. We're born not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man is the flower's grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth away, falls away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the Gospels preached unto you. How does man value that? How does man value that? The preaching of the Gospels. Well, we've got to go to church. Precious things. Here's what comes out of that corn. Here's the product. Verse 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. What's he talking about? If we love our life, we're going to lose it. If we love our life that we have, this vapor that we come with, born of Adam with, we love our sin, we love our false ways, the ways that seem right to us, and that's not the heroines and the fentanyls and the, 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 the hookers and all that nasty stuff. That's our vain religion. Who's killing him? Who's going after him? The, the chief priests. Way up high, wasn't it? All those good church-going folks. Those people believed in election. That's who was getting him. If we hold on to that, we're going to lose it. If we love our lives to the point, where, well, you know, I don't want to offend those that are around us that believe a lie and they hate the gospel, so... You know, maybe I can soften this up a little bit. And they're my brother. They're my sister. That's my, I read that last week, buddy. And that's, well, that's our uh, Episcopalian brethren. And that's our Catholic brethren. And that's this brethren. No, it ain't my brother. We got different daddies. You're, your father's the devil. I'm his. He's holy. Don't you talk like that. What, what's, the, what's the price of having a brother or a sister? 
the blood of Christ. Isn't it? If we cling to those things, you're going to lose your life. A man I love dearly said this one time. He said, there's three signs of conversion. First thing is a change of mind and heart. You thought one way and you had a heart for one way, and then you got turned 180. I was thinking wrong. He's right. I didn't love Christ. Now I do. I didn't love him, brethren. Now I do. That's the first thing. Second, there's total commitment. Not halfway, not 95%. Total commitment. And third, there's wanting Christ to get all the glory for it. And if you ain't experiencing three things, you ain't a saved person. God ain't worked in you. It ain't happened. That's strong, isn't it? You, you love your life, you going, buddy, you're going to lose it eternally, won't you? Them Gentiles, they're trying to get that private meeting because they didn't want to get rejected from the Pharisees. Philip and Andrew, they want to be high up in the new kingdom, didn't they? Christ is the life. You, you're going to, what's, what's this world? Nothing. It's going to, he's life. Life's a person, not a place. Eternal life's not a place. It's a person, isn't it? If we hate our life, we'll keep it unto eternal life. Hating our lives, hating our sin. Hating my self-righteousness. Them Pharisees ain't got nothing on me. They ain't got nothing on me. I didn't used to be a Pharisee. I am one, Cass. That's, that's what this new man's housed in. Remember, we got to learn. Philip and Andrew had to learn, didn't they? And other disciples, all those standing around, had to learn. The Lord's teaching them. If they didn't know, they told them. Right? You don't know what you don't know. Is he a good teacher? That's the best teacher ever was. You're going to learn them lessons, ain't you? Oh, Brother Marvin said this. He said, we are grown and matured in grace by severe trial and affliction. You want to be a grown-up? There'll be some growing pains. The Lord's going to send us severe trials and severe affliction in this body. And he's going to mature us. To what? To look to him and to give him all the glory. Be totally committed to him. Say, I'm wrong, he's right. <laughs> That's what he's going to do. Verse 26. I want to preach for a verdict. You know, I don't want people sitting on the fence. I don't want you leaving here thinking, well, I'm not. That's what, uh, it, I don't know how long I'm preaching. Um, in the Psalms, or anywhere in the scriptures, if you see words italicized, they're in italics. That means the translators added them so it reads better to us. We can kind of understand. So read it with the italicized words and read it out without that. Like in the Psalms, it says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Now that's wrong. There is is in italics. You know what that does? That leaves us saying, Those atheists, getting three fingers pointing at me and one finger going over there. Those atheists, they're fools. I know God. They don't know God. No, the fool said, No God. And I asked that brother, I said, you ever been real late? And you're like, oh, man, i got to get there. i got to go. Oh, I hope ain't much traffic. And you take off in your car. And you realize you're out of gas. you got to stop and get gas. And you go, no! You're saying, no, God. You're a fool. I'm a fool. You get that? I want to preach for a verdict. I don't want somebody sitting on the fence. I don't want somebody going out here thinking they're better than somebody else. And I thought, how could I do that? Well, Christ preached for a verdict. You ready? Verse 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. He just commanded it. <laughs> the gospel is not to be debated. 
It's not open for question and answer. It's not open for people's opinions, uh, comments, concerns, and your add-ons. They said, if you let a man speak, he speaks as the oracles of God. Now, you want to talk about it after, it's your business. But while they're speaking, you keep your mouth shut. That's so. God says so, doesn't he? And he says, if any man serve me, let him follow me. It's commanded. Salvation's a command, isn't it? Bow to Christ now. Come to him now. That's a command. If you serve him, follow him. That's all I got to say. Where was he going? The cross. Everybody says, we well, got to take up the cross. There's a fellow growing up. He had a cross. He drug up and down to US 23 there in Kentucky on the side of the road. And it got heavy, and so he attached a wheel, a caster to it, so it made it easier. I was a little kid, and I laughed at that. I got an idiot. He ain't committed. I was three years old. I knew that. He's playing. He wants people to see him, see how woeful he is. They said, pick up your cross. The Lord said, deny yourself and pick up your cross. Deny yourself. That don't mean restrict yourself and put on a hair suit. And like, well, I don't eat that kind of food anymore, and I'll just eat potatoes. No. Deny your thoughts, ways, and everything else. Your glory. Glory seeking, isn't it? He's going to the cross. You want to serve him? Follow him. Deny yourself. Them apostles are trying to tell Christ how he ought to do things. Boy, he suffered them, didn't he? He denied himself in being long-suffering and being merciful and gracious. Deny yourself. Why don't you start being long-suffering? Why don't I? It's going to take a long time, and there's going to be some suffering involved. Isn't it? You'll bear a burden. Well, that means you're going to have a big old burden, and you have to oh, bear, legs start shaking. Did they know everything? They didn't know nothing, did they? He, boy, what he did for us. He's going to the cross willingly to satisfy justice for his people. What do we do? Like Philip and Andrew, go to him, and we can remind one another of what Christ did. We can remind one another of who he is, where he is now. I can tell you from experience how long-suffering he's been with me. At least what, I, well, what I've been brought to see. <laughs> he's way more long-suffering than I'll ever know. How long-suffering, how patient he's been with me. Where was he going? He's going to submit himself to the will of the Father, wasn't he? All that I can submit to his will. Verse 26, he says, that one, where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Where's Christ now? Seated at the right hand of the Father, isn't he? Glorified forever. And his people's with him right now. We always was in him, weren't we? From time time before. We was always in him. But we didn't know it yet. We hadn't been born yet, was we? And then we were. He's in glory right now. Do you know where you are, Matt? Your glory with him right now. We're one with him. Now, we happen to be here. We're still down this dirt, ain't we? We just ain't popped up yet. What a day that'll be. Be a good day, Bob. What happens when that, when that little sapling comes up out of the ground? What's the first thing it sees? The sun. <laughs> be a good day. I thought of Mary. That's commitment, isn't it? She busted that box of that alabaster ointment and poured it on his feet. Dumped the whole thing. It was a year's wages. So I looked it up. There's three people in that house. There's Lazarus, Martha, and Mary, wasn't it? And I thought, what would that be like in our day? How committed was she to the Lord? In the state of California, a household of three, the average income is $84,000 a year. 
So you go buy some oil that's worth $84,000, and you take it, and you don't say, well, now look, we, we can give him a drop a day, and this will last long, and just dump it. Just give it to him. It's his anyway. What? It's his. He's all. He's all. And he's where uh, gets all the glory, and you get him, you get everything. You, you nothing else matters, but you'll have everything else too. It'll just be a benefit, won't it? We have Christ in all this. That's amazing. I thought this illustration, my pastor used it. Uh, Brother Marvin Stoniker given Kim and I two prints, paintings he did, and we went down to get them framed. And I got halfway through, and I realized I was having a southern general framed in the state of California. <laughs> and it got real weird real quick. And uh, she's all right. She's from Arkansas. So uh, I got to preach a little bit about what I know of Stonewall letters I've read. And, but anyway, it was very expensive. It's, frames are costly, very costly. And she said, did you pay a lot of money for these frames? I said, or for these prints? I said, I didn't pay nothing for them. She said, they're worth a lot? And I said, yeah, I could probably sell them for some. She said, they'll be worth more. You can sell them for more when you get them framed. I said, I ain't selling these. She said, why not? <laughs> you wouldn't consider it? And I said, I know who painted them. You couldn't give me $10 million for them two paintings. I know who painted them. And he gave them to me. I'm going to honor that. I'm going to hang one of them up in my office. That, that big old expensive frame can hang right there with it. That frame ain't worth nothing. I have one of my, my brother painted, my friend painted. That's special to me. And I told him, talked with a brother the other day, too, about this illustration. If you ain't never heard it, I'm excited to be the first one to tell you, but you've probably heard it a hundred times, and I can't tell it without crying. I'm going to do the best I can, and I'll let you go. There was a wealthy man, very wealthy, and he had a son, and him and his son loved art. And all, they'd travel the world and buy these real expensive Rembrandts and a bunch of things I don't even know, right? Picassos and whatever. They'd buy this tremendously expensive art, and they loved it, and they collected it. And, and they had wonderful things, a massive collection. And uh, war came. There was enemies. And that son had to go to war. And whenever he went to war, his friends were there. And he laid down his life for his friends, and he died. And one of those men that he died for came to that man, the father, found him a couple years later. And he said, I'm not much of a painter. He said, but I'm starting to, and I just, I love your son. And he gave his life saving me, and I painted this picture of him. And that father said, thank you. And he hung it up right over top of the mantel. And so when he walked in that house, he showed a picture of his son. Everybody come in, come look at my son. And I said, whoa, man, that's a rough looking picture. That ain't comely. That ain't pretty. It ain't good. First painting that guy ever painted. Let's, let's go look at some of them Rembrandts over there. I want to I see that one over there. What's that Van Gogh? Let's look at that. But he showed everybody that son. Well, the old man died. And there's a big auction. And people, billionaires, came from around the world to come buy up this art. You know, they wanted it. It's only one. It ain't a reprint. There's one. There's one original. They wanted to get this one and that one. And the auctioneer got up. And he said, I'm under specific instructions to sell this painting first. And they said, it's the painting of the son. Well, what will you give me for it? And I said, nobody said nothing. They was respectful, quiet. And he said, any, any takers, any buyers, someone start the bidding. And they said, we don't want to offend you, but nobody wants that painting. And they said, no, who's going who's gonna to buy this son? Pick the picture of the son. And they said, we're going to be real honest with you. Nobody wants a son. Okay, we want this other stuff. We're getting out, just get rid of that, and let's get on to the good stuff. What's the benefits? <laughs> 
What's the features and benefits of the other stuff? Get on with the good stuff. And they said, well, we can't move on until we sell this first piece. Finally, old gardeners in the back. And he knew that. He grew up that boy and loved him. Loved his dad. He's a good employer. Took good care of his employees. He's a good boss. And that man respected him. And he just had a few dollars. And he said, I'll give you $10 for that painting. I always did like it. I thought it was pretty. And it looks like him. And I liked him. I'll take that one because I know who's in it. And the auctioneer said, anybody give another bid? Going once, going twice. Sold $10 to the gardener. And he laid his gavel down. And they said, all right, let's go. Good. Let's get on to that next one. He said, the auction's closed. He said, I was under strict instructions. I couldn't tell you until after. But whoever gets the sun gets everything. You get the whole estate. You get all the paintings. You get everything else. Whoever gets the sun. That gardener's a wealthy fella, didn't he? And he had that paint that he wanted. <laughs> he had the sun. That... Hope that's a blessing for you. Let's pray together. Father, forgive us for what we are. Lord, allow us to see Christ high and lifted up. Heal our brethren and and our and me of my self righteousness, my sickness, my vanity, my looking to self. Let me see the person and the work of your darling son. Thank you for this day. Thank you for that hour that you purposed, he fulfilled, and we've eternally benefited from. Lord, make us serious to the hearts of your people. Allow us to follow and serve the Lord that saved us. It's in his name that we ask. Amen.